Time for Solving the World's Problems, a place we put our deepest thinkers on a Thursday once a fortnight. And Simon Wilson, senior writer for The Herald, joins me now. Hi, Simon. Kia ora, Jesse. Oh, we've got to turn you on. Okay. Can we, uh, do you want to move over? Are you okay now? Okay, try again. Kia ora, Jesse. Yeah. Yes. Hey, what do you think of our new studio so far? Oh, it is very, very posh, except for that little thing that just <laughs> happened. <laughs> Simon Wilson. I touched a button. That was wrong with me, wasn't it? You've been thinking about... Uh, <laughs> climate change and what we might do about it, and also surveying New Zealand political parties' responses to climate yeah, change. I've been, and I've been looking at the technology in relation to that, and of course, as the person who just touched a button in the studio, <laughs> <laughs> um, and maybe I'm not qualified to talk about this, but um, it, it strikes me that uh, as we talk about climate change, if you leave aside the people who just don't want to do anything about it, yeah. and who, who or don't think it's happening, or, or, or that segment, and maybe that's what, 20%, uh, might, be, might be that big. But if you leave them aside, there are two schools of thought, essentially. And one of them is uh, that we're going to be able to uh, use technology, uh, essentially, to uh, rethink and, and, re, uh, and get, our, get ourselves out of this problem. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other one is that actually, while technology is making enormous differences, we also have to change the way we live you know, because that's the only way in which we're going to be able to properly reduce emissions. And um, there will be a whole lot of other benefits that come along with it. Uh, people who think later. we should, we, we'll have to change our behaviour yes. and people who think we won't have to, that's right. that technology yeah. will yeah. save us. And, and um, there's one one of the ways to look at it, it is with the big grand technologies. Um, and I wrote a piece in the Herald last Saturday uh, where I looked at a, a thing that's uh, been invented in New Zealand called power beaming, mm. uh, which is an extraordinary thing. It, it, they didn't actually literally invent it, but they've worked out how to make it happen. Emrod. Um, so, yeah, yeah, and the company is called Emrod in, in um, New Plymouth, um, s- supported by the government because the government has a future tech um, agency in New Plymouth that it set up when it closed down the future oil and gas exploration. Um, and this is one of the companies it's supporting. What they've done is they've said, you, you think about your mobile phone. Uh, mobile phone doesn't need wires uh, to transmit um, data um, because it does it through electromagnetic impulse, uh, pulses. Um, what if you could do that with power? Yeah, so it didn't. you didn't need batteries to store power and you didn't need uh, overhead pylons. Um, you didn't need any of that. Didn't need um, wires. Didn't need wires, that's right. Um, and they've invented a way to do that. <laughs> They're at the prototype stage where they can do it across a warehouse and across a, f- a field. Um, but they suggest that one day uh, you it would be theoretically possible uh, to set a, a kind of grid around the whole world uh, with low-flying satellites, which is what happens now, of course, for mobile phones and for the internet, uh, to set that around the world uh, with using, uh, so that, uh, for example, solar panels in the Sahara uh, could be powering homes in Auckland. Um, the logistics of doing that are phenomenally complicated, <laughs> um, and the money involved may be phenomenally complicated too. Yeah. Uh, but the technology itself uh, might be possible. Yeah, so that's a kind of big scheme way to look at things. But if we start saying to ourselves, actually, one day technology will come along and just save us, we just can wait for that, there are real problems with it. One of them is it might not happen. Yeah. Another one is that while we're waiting, the 
climate gets worse, uh, the ecosystems of the world get worse, uh, we have more floods and fires and storms and uh, species uh, extinctions, and it becomes harder and harder to live on the planet. All of those things keep happening while we're hoping for the, the big save. Um, and the, there's another problem with it, which is actually uh, technology is controlled by the people who have the power and have the money, and it doesn't always move in a straight line, and mm. it may not save the world. It may just save a few people. You know, I mean, that's the Elon Musk approach. You know, if, if, you can live, if people can set up a colony on the moon or on <laughs> Mars, that's no good to humanity, and it's no good to the planet. It's just good for the people who can escape, mm. you know, which, is, which is kind of not relevant to the argument. So it throws you back to the thing of... Are we going to change the way we live or are we going to wait for the big fix? And if you survey the political parties, what are we, six weeks, almost two months out are from the election, what camps do they Yeah, so, so the National Party has an interesting line. What they say is, if you, if you think about the, uh, the emissions issue that is perhaps more significant to people who live in cities than anywhere than any other, and that's transport, they say one day we'll all be driving EVs um, and... Uh, those EVs will be powered by renewable energy from wind and solar, and uh, one day that will be offshore wind, uh, so the uh, the wind farms can be much bigger, and and so on. Um, that might be true, um, but if you look at that in terms of how it's developing now, EVs have all sorts of problems. They are bigger, heavier cars. The companies that make them have put their focus on big SUVs as opposed to micro cars. So they're making the roads more dangerous because they're heavier, take longer to stop. There are more of them. Uh, as we transition into everybody driving an SUV, it's like, you know, people are getting into tanks uh, to make themselves safe, and it keeps your own family safe. But in Auckland now, half the people who have deaths and serious injuries on the roads are not in a car. They're mm -hmm. usually hit by a car. So there are different issues that come up. And then, of course, there are issues to do with the, the morality of where the, uh, the metals come from for the batteries and child labour and all those sorts of exploitation issues, uh, those sorts of problems as well. And if we were really serious about... Um, looking to EVs to solve the world's problems, uh, there would be a serious push towards everybody having an electric bicycle you know, because they are by far the cheapest and by far the most efficient way for people to do short hop you know, uh, runs around town. Whether that's for yourself or taking the kids somewhere or using a cargo bike or whatever it is. You know, but that's not happening. What is Labor, the Labour Party's view on this? So the Labour Party's view is that yes, we will have more EVs, um, but the current plan at the moment through the government is that even by 2035, it's only going to be about 30% of the uh, the total uh, vehicle fleet. Uh, so they don't see that as something that's going to come along and change everything in a big hurry. Now, we do need EVs. You know, if people are going to, we are, we are always going to need to drive. Uh, so it's going to, we're going to need electric vehicles rather than petrol-driven vehicles. Uh, but Labour has been on a bit of a slow track with it too. Yeah. Uh, you know, one you, of them, you say in your article. They may not admit that they are in the camp of technology will save us, but everything they do, I'm paraphrasing you, everything yeah. they do certainly seems like they well, think that. If you, there, there are some markers for this, and I mentioned um, electric bikes before. Any party that was serious about um, electrifying the way we get around town 
uh, would be putting real resources into making electric bikes either free or cheaply available for lots of people. This is common practice now in Europe. The European Union uh, subsidises electric bikes for populations. So, so it's not a, not a particularly radical idea. They'd be doing that. They would be uh, doing much more in relation to public transport. Um, and there would have been a time limit set on the imports of petrol-driven engines so that we would know that by 2030, say, you couldn't import them anymore. Uh, so people would be able to look ahead and go, actually, we know those are going to run out. Now, does it make sense to buy one now? Because I know that they're going to get become less frequent, uh, more scarce on the roads. Interesting. Yeah, none of those things have been announced. Very interesting issues you raise in this piece, which people can find on the Herald website. Simon Wilson, senior writer for that newspaper, thank you so much. Thank you.